Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. I'm going to start with the book of Romans, chapter 8 and verse 25. He says this, Romans chapter 8 is, for for many strong Christians, it's their favorite book of the Bible because it's just like so so packed with very interesting information and so so much of our faith can be encouraged and inspired through the reading of Romans chapter 1. He says this, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. You know, the scripture says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, so it's a little of a curiosity that, you know, the Pharisees and those religious folks we're always trying to get a miracle out of Jesus. Show us a miracle. Show us a miracle. And Jesus says it's really, it's really an evil generation that seeks a sign or seeks a miracle. You know, there's a, there's a place for, for faith to reside in us. You know, God does do miracles. We've seen God do miracles. We believe in the gifts of God's Holy Spirit. We're charismatic church. We're, you know, we're, you know, we're a Bible-believing church. It's just how much of the Bible do you believe, you know? And to try to work it all out, not without your, how your intelligence. You have to bring your intelligence aboard. But, um, but we, when we become, you become convinced. Like when I got saved in 1982. I was convinced that Jesus Christ was Lord. But it is something like marriage. Because when I got, in 1977, Nancy and I got married, I knew Nancy too. I knew her, you know, I knew her pretty well. We'd you know, been dating for a year and a half before we got married. and. You know, I had a wonderful wedding, and uh, but I know her much better now. I know her much better now, and the, my love for her has grown. You know, I don't know that I've lived the kind of life that I can 
I can't make her reciprocate that. That's up to her. So you're a human unit. You've got personal sovereignty. You know, God has given you a free will. You know, and, and you know, the Bible actually, it's very funny. Ephesians 5 says, husbands, love your wives. But it doesn't say wives love your husbands. It doesn't say wives love your husbands. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. What's the deal here? But it does say, why? Because men tend to be lunkheads and, you know, fall off the, fall off the track sometimes and things like that. Commands us to, God commands us to love our wives. It's a great commandment. Really, really, really hard stuff God makes you do. Say, oh my gosh, if I go to that church, you're going to make me do this terrible religious hard stuff. Loving your wife. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh boy, that's a tough thing to do. You've got to be kidding me. You can be in kindergarten and do that. You know, it's, it's not hard to be a Christian. It's easy to be a Christian. You know, if you get God's love, if you, if you understand, if you embrace, if you internalize God's love, and if you'll spend enough time with him that all of a sudden you feel that pressure on you, the pressure of his presence on you, it it just adds to your faith, and your, your faith grows up. It's wonderful. But I want to read it to you. You know, I don't know that people come to church much these days expecting something. And I want you to know that there are promises throughout the Word of God where God promises you good things. God promises you good things in this lifetime. He promises you good things. And that is a part of what we do in faith. In faith, we trust God. What did I just read? But if we hope for what we do not see, then we eagerly, eagerly await for it with perseverance. And perseverance, that Greek word means like pressure. Even though we feel the pressure of life, we hope and we wait and hope for the promise of God to come. I don't know, I, probably 10 years ago, I woke up one day and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm blessed. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that to be a braggart or anything like that, because I don't believe I'm any better than you. I am not one rung higher on the ladder of God than you are. Um, I have no problem telling you that I am uh, certainly, certainly not perfect, right? So, but this was the early scripture that I learned and I clung to for a long time because where we were at the time, I needed it. We had five kids, rugrats running around and trying to keep them in Cheerios and pampers and whatnot and that was a workout. Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1. This is God speaking. This is actually Moses speaking from, from God, meeting with them on the mountain as he's giving the law. 
says that it will come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. You know, a couple of words. There's a diligently word. Diligently means that there's room for you to mess up. But you just have to get back on the horse again. When you get back on the horse again, that's diligence. Diligence is, this is not necessarily an easy ride. But when you find that you've failed, you know that you've failed, you get back on the horse and you say, well, the scripture says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Right? I will never leave you or forsake you. I don't care what a, a knucklehead you, you acted like. No, I will never leave you or forsake you. It says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. That means you have to go scrounging in the dump or scrounging throughout the earth to try to get the blessings of God. No, it says it'll, these blessings will overtake you. You know, Psalm 23, the famous Psalm 23 says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So I'm walking down the street and I got, you may have one shadow, I got two shadows. I'm being shadowed by mercy and goodness. And they're following me all the days of my life because I'm walking in obedience to God's word, much as I'm able to, you know, not saying, not, I'm not trying, really not trying to put myself on a pedestal. I'm saying, listen, if, a, if an Ethiopian farm, farmer in the year 200 can do this, you can do this. Right? Yes. If somebody who lives in the, the, I've been in the slums of Nairobi in Kenya, and there are some of the finest, most pure Christians I've ever seen. You know, my, my friend Bishop Wafula has passed away now. Almost wore the shirt he gave me this morning, but um, I didn't. Every Friday night into Saturday morning, all night long, they, they had all, all night prayer every week. You know, they talk about the pilgrims, how those pilgrims had to sit in church all day long, like it was some kind of a, you know, it was some kind of a horrible... They liked it. They liked it. Maybe they didn't have cool TV or movies to go to or a lot of restaurants to go to, but they wanted to hear God's word. And they had a man, they had a person who spent his life digging and learning and growing in God's word so that they could take the Lord's day and they could spend the Lord's day before the Lord. And they would lunch together and they'd dinner together. They'd spend the entire day in the presence of the Lord. Not because they had to. They were mean elder turkey shoot and, you know, mean, mean people, Indian-hating people. No. They loved Jesus. They came here. They set up a colony because they loved Jesus. 
They wanted to go to church all day. They wanted to hear the Bible. Everybody didn't have Bibles back then. So verse 3, these are some of the blessings. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. It was an agrarian society. You know, you all live in the suburbs or wherever you live. Probably not going to have too many flocks. You know, have some chickens here and there. Blessed you shall be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They will come out as one against you um, one way and flee from you for seven, seven ways. And the Lord will command his blessing on you and your, your storehouses. And that's your bank account, brothers and sisters. Your storehouse, your bank account. Um, and he will bless you. The, and everything you set your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandment of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods so that the fruit of your body and increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and in the land which you live the Lord swore to your fathers to give you, the Lord will open up to you his good treasures in heaven and give the rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hand and you shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow and the Lord will make you to be the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and are careful to observe them, so, shall, um, so you shall not turn aside from anything of the words which I command you this day, to the right and to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. You know, I, I mean, God is shouting from the very beginning of the book when he finally gets Moses up on the mountain, talks to him and, and, and shows him what his desire is. His desire, he's created millions of life forms. His creativity is, God's creativity is, he, he's so magnanimous that he could have he made 10 bugs what he got on the insect project, you know? Yeah. I'm going to ask him about mosquitoes. I, you know, they're not my favorite, but, you know, but it's okay. Because it shows this incredible creativity that anybody who thinks that this could have happened by itself, or this thing somehow developed and expanded that defies the laws of science. 
Second law of thermodynamics, known as entropy, is that everything, if you leave it to itself and you don't add intentional energy into the thing, it tends to fall apart. You know, I've had telephone conversations this week, a number of them, to folks who just can't, they don't have it, they're, they're afraid. They're, they're afraid of COVID. And, and they just don't have it in them to come back to church yet, you know? And you know what I can hear? I can hear that there's a less of the holiness of God in them when, than when they were regular, committed church people. It makes a difference, I'm telling you. Being together with the brethren, may you like this, this guy up here, I don't think he's so cool, I don't think he speaks that well. It's not that, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. If I lift up Bob Engelhart, then I'm, I'm the biggest fool in the world because I, didn't, I can't create and you or anything. And God's crowning achievement is that, he, is that he created human beings in his image and likeness. You know, I mean, we're, you're, you're, you're a knockoff version of him with the desire of him to grow and have a family. He wants you to be a free person who serves him, not a person who serves him because you're being, you know, you're having your arm twisted or something. Because God is perfect, he's wonderful. He's pure as the driven snow. Um, so you follow God and you get blessed. All these blessings come to you. Now I got to tell you this. Jesus says this, right? You say, how come all this stuff hasn't happened to me? You know, I've been coming to this church for 10 years and this stuff hasn't happened to me. God asks for it. You know, there's a scripture that says, that says, ask me things, I command you, is basically what God is saying. God is saying, I command you to ask me the things you, that you want in life, the things that you want, that you can find the promises in the, this book to line up with. I mean, that, that Deuteronomy 28, that like covers so many wonderful aspects of our, our faith and and that what God wants, he wants to raise up a people that will fear, uh, fear us, not because we're mean and nasty, religious, horrible people, but that because it's clear that the blessing of God is on us. And nobody can figure out why. He's not that smart. Why is the blessing of God on him? You know, how come that good thing happened to him? How come that bad thing? So many promises in Deuteronomy 28. But listen, during this time in our culture, we're a very unkind culture right now. I've seen more, um, I've seen more arguments and seen a, more lack of kindness in stores, in the streets, and in public than I've ever seen in my life. I've seen people 
you know, berate the poor little, you know, checkout person and people in the middle of the aisles getting, having fights with each other, people walking around with a permanent scowl on their face. And you're like, let me tell you something. Our country is in rough shape. This is not, these are not Sunday, Monday happy days. You know, these are times that we're going through, but we have a better promise. We have a better promise. We have a reason to rejoice. And then we bring that joy out to people, and they do get a little scared of us because they say, those people are weird. They're happy, and nobody else is happy, but they're all happy. And, And... That's our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, folks. Yeah? So right now, frustration among believers is creating a dangerous cultural breakdown within the church. Um, During this post-COVID period, many politically polarized people who just have hate and vitriol toward one another, it's financially become very painful for many people with the price of gas going up and so on. Um, I've seen more combative people out in public than I've ever seen them in my life. I mean, so, so you called in the scriptures, and we shared some of them last week, praise, worship, and prayer are the skill sets that you have to master. Don't take one, really, they don't take one spiritual bone in your body to praise God, to worship Him, to pray to Him. Any person can do that. That's why Jesus, Jesus said, let the children come to me. So I don't, you know, I, really, I don't like reading the Bible all that much. I really don't, I don't read that much. I'm like, man, God made you literate. God made you literate. And then God, God had Gutenberg create movable types so we, we can start printing Bibles. So everybody can have a stack of Bibles in their house, have all kinds of translations in their house, and read God's Word and let God speak to you through His Word. Right? Listen, the Lord wants closers. He wants people who will be, we we have a good closer now, Edwin Diaz is the Mets closer, but forever and ever and ever, you know, everybody in New York, I think, and maybe in the nation, loved Mariana Rivera, who was like maybe the greatest closer everywhere. That's a guy who comes in the ninth inning of the game, and if you're ahead by just this much, he makes sure he can get the last three outs. They're usually the fastest pitchers. They're the most accurate pitchers on the whole team. What we need, what the body of Christ needs, are closers. People who will close the deal. The used car salesmen that will close the deal. I can tell you what a good car this is, how it's got, you know, all of the fancy, you know, technology on it. But if I, don't, if I don't get you to sign, right, the, uh, sign a, a contract, I'm, I'm not a salesman. I'm not a closer. Listen, everybody knows about Jesus. 
Jesus is not hard to find out about. Jesus, all you got to do is turn on your television, and there are several stations that are completely committed to him. Jesus is not hard to find out. There are churches, there are little pointy little things pointing up in the air all over our country that are saying, we talk about God in here. You should know about him because it's good to know what's going to happen to you after you leave this earth. No matter what your professor is. He was a professor of whatever, tiddlywinks. You know, you've got to find out people who talk about this subject. And the church, the Christian body, needs to learn to become closers. Say, step, now, now I want you to step across the threshold. You know, Nancy and I were talking about this a little last night. Oh my gosh, I'm so late. I, I really do apologize. Um, Nancy and I were talking about this last night. You know, I went to a Dale Carnegie sales thing. I was a young man in my early 20s. I wasn't even saved yet. But I went to this sales thing. And they say, you do your pitch, but you never ask a person, do they want to buy it or not? You say, MasterCard or Visa, right? You're not really giving a person, right, another option. And people don't know what to do with that. You know, and like, you know they're not gonna say, okay, would you, like to, would you like to buy this car from me? You know, this beat up old gremlin, you know? They say, would you wanna put this on your MasterCard or Visa? Or would you rather pay cash, you know? Listen, we got a, we've got a question to ask people. Are you going to heaven or hell? Are you going to heaven or hell? There's only one name given under heaven and on earth by which men must be saved. His name is Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Nobody comes to the Father. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Are we exclusivists? You betcha. You betcha. Now, we may not run around the streets with our Jesus sandwich signs on, or you know, because it's a little bit intimidating being a Christian and getting the kind of attitudes you get from people. Instead of listening to a presentation that might make some sense to you and get your wheels turning, people just have a tendency to avoid. So I want you to know today, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you're at, you get yourself a Bible, you receive Jesus Christ, you, you talk to him, have a conversation with him. He hears you, Jehovah Shammah, he's right here. He hears you. And you say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I accept your Son as my Lord and Savior. Let me learn to follow you now. Then you get yourself a church. It is the best church I know in the whole wide world. You're in it. Uh, I'm sure there's maybe another good one somewhere, too.
Hey, my father was from the Bronx, so I, I am a wise guy sometimes, but um, many good churches out there, many fine men and women of God who are serving Jesus. So get yourself to church. Don't want to miss that part. And you go to church by will, not by feeling. You don't wake up and say, I don't feel like going to church this morning. You go to church because you will to go to church. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's the New Testament. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless every man, woman, and child in this church. But we do love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at CMCC Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Inglehart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.